0: to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast. My name is Ann Garten, and I am your host. And today, I'm really excited to share with you our uh,
1: guest, Quinn O'Brien. And Quinn, I'm going to have you start and just share a little bit about yourself. My name is Quinn O'Brien, and I am the social worker at the Davenport Public Library. Um, before then, I was with Genesis Health Systems. I have worked in the community for a decade, so... I know a lot of resources in the community. Excellent. We're so glad to have you. Thank you.
0: I wonder if you would start, and because a lot of our listeners may not know what a social worker does, right? So of the interprofessional team, can you share a little bit of what your role is?
1: Um, there are many um, uh, different roles for a social worker. I will talk about what I currently do, about, uh, do at the library. Um, I work as a social worker at the library, and in this role, it's like linking the community to resources. I am like a resource um, advocate, um, a person you can see um, for different resources in the community. Um, I will provide support, but I don't provide clinical services.
0: Excellent. And let's talk a little bit because there is there are social workers who work in clinical settings and they would do the same of connecting folks with the resources in the community, but also making sure that people have what they need going going home safely. Right. If they were or going into a clinical setting. So letting them know what uh, services are available, maybe going into a long term setting or, or things of that nature. Correct?
1: Yes, correct. Um, in my role, I would say I do a little bit of the micro-meso and a bit of uh, macro-social um, uh, work um, duties. Um, I work with community organizations um, to connect people with resources. I also work one-on-one with individuals, and I do a little bit of community organizing, seeing that policies you know, work for the betterment of our community.
0: So this is fairly new to have a social worker in a library. Not only, it's, it's very new in our community, right? But even when we look nationally, it's a new idea. Can you share a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, um, in Iowa, I would say this is the first um, library um, social work position. It is a new and innovating, you know, emerging field. Um, I feel like it is the perfect marriage between library science and social work. Because if you look at a library, the library is like a community where members come to seek for resources sometimes beyond library services. And what better place to meet people where they are at than at a library. And also using the library in our community connotes strength and intelligence. So that deals away with most of the stigma that is associated with um, other environments that people might seek help for.
0: And I think it's a lovely mesh as well because our organizations in the community may also be using the library, right? So it brings the people and organizations together for the resources. And even before we started recording, you and I started even talking about you have a notary at the library. So you may be providing some services that need to be notarized and it's all right right there for them.
1: Yes, everything is right there. Um, it's like, like I said, a community center, you know, it's no longer a place where where people just think about books. It's a place where you can come and, you know, get the services that the library provides and also you know, um, get other services such as applying for benefits you know, such as um, making those referrals, having those hand uh, warm handoff. Most at times people are giving a piece of um, paper like, hey, you can go to this or you can call this you know, but when you come to the library they can walk you through that helping environment thereby, you know, taking away some of the barriers that people experience.
0: Being person-centered, yes. right? Yes. I think that is so uh, impactful because a lot of times professionals think if I hand someone this piece of paper, or if I give them this website, they should be able to do that. You and I know there are so many barriers that people find in that. And uh, one of those, um, just an example, would be internet services. Not everybody has internet services, right? Yes. So it can go to the library, ask you for some of those resources, and, the, and there's a computer right there with the web to be able to go look for them and fill out the forms, so on and so forth. But also, I think, to pull in individual experiences, so we may have someone who has some language barriers. So how could, how do we connect them in, in certain ways that will benefit and be very person centered? I wonder if you would
1: share maybe an example or two of the things that you have you have done with folks. Yeah, um, in terms of having the internet at the library, I have seen a lot of folks. You know, with today with things moving. Um, towards online job applications and everything. I've seen older f- uh, folks come to the library and they were told, go to the library. The library has computers, but these folks don't know how to use a mouse. They don't know how to use a computer and they are supposed to navigate this um, application process that takes sometimes like 30 to 45 minutes. Most of the organizations that we have do also have like an assessment test that they have people do. And this is a lot for somebody that is, is seeking um, for a job. So when they come to the library, you know, while we do have the computers there, we also have a resource person, a social worker, that can sit with them and walk through, you know, this application process. Um, Our librarians and our customer service, as you know, do not really have that time that they can sit with one person and walk with them for that amount of time. So that is where a social worker comes in that can walk you through this and sit and help and guide you, you know, so you can go through this process and
0: I understand that you have been very busy yes 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 you want to share a little bit of the type of population uh, you see and uh and uh and and expand a little bit there
1: Um, I would say I see everybody. (laughs) That is one of the fun about working at a library. Um, I have had um, students come to me um, that need scholarships, you know, for University of Iowa. You know, I have had... um, St. Ambrose, too, I bet, yeah? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I have had um, older folks come to me that are either seeking for people to mow their lawn, um, people seeking for jobs, you know, people applying for public assistance, applying for housing. It's just a plethora, you know, of the social needs out in the community. I see everybody that comes. And like I said, my door is open. It's one of those places with, you know, no barriers and no hopes to jump. I don't need an ID, I don't need, no, you don't pay any fees, you know, you can walk right into the library and receive services. Excellent, I think a couple
0: other examples from one extreme to another, maybe someone who is looking for housing, right? Or for instance, we talked a little bit before recording again of my son and I coming down and doing a, a health power of attorney because he's now 18 and that way he has that if something were to occur to, to support him in his needs if he needed any. So I think that's really important for for folks to understand is you are for everybody. From all different levels, all different. It's not necessarily about health. It's about that wellness. It is health, but it's that community health, right? And and um, I think that's really a d- difference between the clinical setting, social worker, versus where, where you are and, and, and in this program.
1: Yes, it is in the community. Um, at the uh, beginning of my role at the library, I used to have a lot of folks that would come to see me. And they would say, oh, no, you know, I don't need services. With like such and such. And I will explain to them like this is for everyone. You know, anybody that feels like they need that assistance. And sometimes it's not only about helping somebody achieve something. It's also about being in their corner, that support that they get. I feel like most people, you know, don't understand the role that advocacy plays. Advocacy is really huge because if you come to see me and you have an issue, I will work with community organizations to make sure, you know, that that issue is addressed. You know, sometimes, you know, walking through barriers, a lot of people have a lot of barriers that they cannot meet with different organizations and their policies so having that piece that support somebody that can be there for you and speak on your behalf is really important
0: perfect segue into organizations in the community and how do they use you as a resource how do you see that partnership happening
1: um, since I started, I've been building a lot of partnerships with um, community organizations and resources because I feel like it's important. You know, we have limited resources out there. We need to all work together to ensure that these resources can meet our community needs. Um, I work with a lot of different organizations um, in terms of, like Humility of Mary, I do partner with them because, of course, we know about the issue with housing, you know, challenges. I do partner with them. They do send people to me in If people do need, you know, birth certificate, We work sometimes with people that have nothing, and we need to start from the very basics. So they will send people to me, and I'll work with them in terms of filling out these applications and sending them to continue the casework. And also, this also prevents duplication of services when I work together with these organizations like that. I also work with Quad Cities Open Network, which I know you know. Mm -hmm. Um, They do send referrals also to me to be able to assist, especially with people seeking, you know, rental assistance and other organizations that we do refer us back and forth. You know, I do refer to them and they do refer to me.
0: I think that's also important because I know when we were uh, when we met at the Quad City Open Network, that was actually a service of listening to you, right? What is going on in our community that you're seeing that we will benefit from learning from to make our processes better, uh, and I think that's that's really important as well because you are seeing a. a you're seeing everybody, right? Uh, so that really is impactful in in hearing what are the main barriers that people are focusing on, uh, and and how can we close those gaps in our community?
1: Yes, that is exactly true. Um, I will give you an example. I worked with a lady that um, needed to make an appointment to see um, her provider, but she had all these barriers in terms of availability, time. She didn't have any time. She just started a new job, and she couldn't afford to lose that job. You know, how could she, you know, work with the provider to be able to find a time that will work for her to have this appointment? So she came to see me, and we were able, you know, to walk through those barriers because my role there, like I said, it's advocating. I call the organization, how can we work, you know, to overcome this barrier that she has in accessing um, resources. So access is really important. How do you bridge that gap for people to be able to get these resources?
0: I think that's really important too, is that others can refer, right? So uh, for example, I have a very good friend who's a landlord who had someone who was struggling with a couple of things. And I referred him to say, you need to go and have that individual go visit my friend Quinn in the library. She will be a great resource to help her. And I think that's really important. Help her, not necessarily do for her, but help her get through those barriers so that they also can feel the wind for themselves, right? Yes. And, and become even more self-reliant and capable so when those barriers occur later, they can walk through it.
1: Yes, I do have a couple of landlords I work with which I would say it's a really great partnership because they are able instead of just trying to evict their tenants are. they're able to work with them. So I will get calls and they will send me documents that I need in order to be able to help them, you know, to get assistance for them to maintain housing, which I feel is really, really important. And also sometimes I do reach out to them for members of the community that do not have a great credit or may have some questionable stuff on their records to say, hey, you know, this person really needs housing. How can we work to ensure, you know, that they have housing? So I feel like that partnership is really important. Yeah, it it stops the gaps that men just keep creating more
0: issues later, right? Exactly. And, and that is so important to make our community as a whole healthier.
1: Yes, because it gives actually a face to the, the, the paperwork. Most of the times this landlord, what they see is the paperwork. They run the background checks and it comes back and they're all dealing with the paperwork. But you bring the humanity side of things to them. Like, look, this person... They may have a history, you know, but of course, like we know, it's life. People do change. People do want to start at fresh. How do we provide that avenue for them to be able to do that? So. Right. And to recognize
0: the barriers that may make them not do that the first time so that we can keep addressing those and assisting them with that. Yes. Closing thoughts, anything you want our listeners to know more about of this program, uh, I think
1: I'll give it to you. Well, I want listeners to know that even if you might have a question or something you are in doubt of, you can always give me a call. You know, I can always um, direct you to where you're supposed to go. Sometimes I know there are no free services out there. So for you to have somebody that you can call to even get, you know, where do I start? You know, how do I address this? It's really important. So I'm there for people like that. I'm also there for anybody that might need, you know, a community resource. And there that- also things that I can do that the community or people do not know that I can do. For example, I can help people coming out of jail, you know, reentry, and try to connect them and link them to resources so we pre- prevent recidivism. Um, I can also work with Immigrants. I do a lot of work with immigrants and the immigration process. Um, I am one, you know, so I have a lived experience, you know, apart from having the knowledge to be able to assist them in that process. So those are some of the areas that I feel like the community doesn't know that I can assist with. But I'm always open. It doesn't hurt to give me a call or walk into our library or you can go to our website, you know, and uh, send me an email. Excellent. That
0: is Davenport, Iowa. Main Street branch is where you will find Quinn most of the times. A couple days of the week, she's at Eastern. But feel free, you can get on the web or give the library a call and reach out and learn more from her. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Audio production for the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast is provided by KALAFM Studios in Davenport, Iowa. The show is engineered by Dave Baker. It is produced by Ann Garten, Director of the Institute for Person-Centered Care and Nursing Faculty at St. Ambrose University.